is it. Ready? Sure. All right. Welcome to Dice Over Everything. I'm Brandon. I'm Alan. And this is take two of episode one. Yes. The, the original version of episode one was amazing, but no one's ever going to get to listen to it. So It was all stuttering. It was. But it was... We, we have the same topic, though. We have the same game going in the background. So, Alan, do you want to introduce what we're playing today? Yes, we will be playing the best sci-fi game out there, in our opinion, Infinity. Oh, yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, what else do you want to talk about? In this podcast? I think we want to talk about sort of what is Infinity for people that don't have that much experience with it, what That's makes good it good, idea. what's what gets people into it, how to get other people into it if you're already into it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's that's pretty good. And also, uh, we'll have a game playing in the background, and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about the actual game, and, and you can see a game being played out there. So uh, here, if you are looking at the uh, imagery, is my force. Uh, I'm bringing Yu Jing, um, and this is my Yu Jing army. Uh, as you can see, there's like. I don't know, was the 10, 13 guys? I don't even remember how many guys had, I brought. You had two order pools. Yeah. The problem with this picture is uh, I brought, I put more stuff than I actually was bringing just so that Brandon didn't know what I was going to bring. It's it's kind of helpful. In Infinity, you can put some fake stuff down as well because there's, ah, there's so cool. There's things that jump on during the game. So that way you don't actually know what you're fully what you're going to see even when you're looking at your opponent's army. So yeah. You had you a whole lot of heavy stuff in that army. Yeah, I did. So I did have the Sien and uh, the Dao Fei, which are the two heavies, which was the linchpin of my army. And I had a bunch of uh, hidden guys that uh, could hopefully hold you back. Uh, that didn't end up working. Spoilers. Yeah, the cheap guys actually worked really well. Your monks. Oh yeah, monks are awesome. Yeah, so this is uh, Yu Jing. Yeah, they look great. Yep. Every single time I see this picture, I'm really happy. I'm like, oh man. I know the, the whole game looks great. Like your guys look great. The board looks great. I'll take credit for the board, but Mike, I'll take credit for, my, for the painting of my minis. But a lot of it is just that they're awesome sculpts. So if you're if people are curious where the trains from, a lot of it's micro arts, like the mats, micro arts, the green acrylic stuff, lots of micro arts. So there's lots of like third party manufacturers that make really good looking stuff for mm -hmm. Infinity out there now, which is like a big incentive to play the games to have a really cool looking board to play on. All right, so now we've switched over to my Onyx army that's part of the combined army, so it's the sectorial I like to play. They're aliens. They are aliens. They're robot aliens. So how I like playing Onyx is bringing a lot of hidden things, so stuff your opponent won't see on the board. Like if you see on top of the roof in the back, there's that girl with the wings. So that's a fracta. It drops on from possibly the side of the board, possibly drops right in the middle of the board during the game. And you won't even know that your enemy is bringing that, that piece. Nope, Which so. was very bad for me in the game as well. Yes, and the two little frogmen beside it are Malignos, which you can deploy in a hidden state. So you're, they're somewhere on the board. Their location's predetermined, but like your opponent doesn't know where you put them. They've got to yeah. leave the room while, or you've got to write it down. There's, there's lots of ways of keeping I, track of I it. I think that's one of my favorite parts about Infinity, that you don't know what's coming, and you can do these secret things, and you can play these head games that are, are often not in other games, like War Machine or uh, Games Workshop, Games 40k, you know when you start the game what your opponent is bringing. But for this one, you have a lot of hidden information, which it just mm. makes the game feel more dynamic and more exciting when you're playing it. Yeah. So a lot of the rest of the army is the Unidrons, which are kind of their basic line troopers. They're robots that can take one shot and keep standing. 
Afterwards, they're pretty tough line troopers. I've armed them with two long-range weapons, a missile launcher and a plasma sniper rifle, both oh, yeah. both nice and deadly. And you bring them in a cheaty uh, sectorial link team? Yep, so is... so with sectorials, they, they have bonuses for putting a whole collection of guys together, which they get a lot of bonuses that people might not consider playing without when you it's take a team very, of It's very, very hard when you start the game. You still think link teams are broken. And then when you play a little bit, you're like, oh, they're definitely broken. <laughs> yep. But it doesn't mean that they're like overpowered, actually, yep. even so, though they're, they're really good. Now, if you're watching this, the game has started, and I am on the left, and Alan's on the right. So for this game, we're playing what I would consider possibly the most quintessential of all missions, Supremacy. Yep. So do you want to give a bit of a description of what what's going on in this mission? Yeah, sure. So Supremacy is... Uh, ha- is a mission that has two different things that kind of um, have all the parts of missions in Infinity. So Infinity is a really, really mission-focused game. Definitely. So you bring your special ops uh, team, which is like 10 to 20 guys, usually around like 13 or 14 guys, uh, depending on the on the army. Uh, and uh, there's two things generally you want to do. Either you want to get mission objectives, things like uh, um, terminals or something like that, or you want to hold ground. Obviously, this is pretty common in, in a lot of, of miniatures games. Yeah, Infinity, uh, I would say, stresses less the killing of your opponent. Like many miniature games, to take the territory, it's really based around just killing your opponent to get them yeah. out of the zone. In this one, movement's a bit more of it, so tactics become very, very yeah. important in the game. Yeah, especially since to control an area, you just need more points worth of guys in it. So you don't have to kill everyone out of your territory, you just have to control it with more guys mm-hmm. so the what that ends up meaning is that you don't to win the missions you often don't have to kill your guys get them out of there uh, kill your opponent's guys you just have to not die and have more guys there which i guess that's that's in a bunch of other games um but it's heavily emphasized in infinity you don't have to kill anyone like oftentimes your force will be wiped out and you can still win the game yeah, which if is if your opponent focuses too much on the, like that. if your opponent focuses too much on the killing, too little on the mission, they could massacre you off the board, but have forgotten to do what they were supposed to do, and that's the end of it. They lose. Yeah. So there's like a lot of missions, and in this one, like we said, it's a standard mission. Basically, there's four different zones, so you divide the board up into four pieces. Uh, besides the deployment zones, yep, so and the those middle, are the things you want to control. So the middle 24 inches is divided into four. So we're trying to get our guys into the middle, which brings them into killing range and. The objectives are sort of in the middle of the board, too. So in this game, we rolled off for who goes first. I ended up, I think I won the roll and chose to go second. Yeah, and then I was lazy and decided to deploy on my side. Yes. Which, after looking at it, uh, might not have been the best move. At the same time, though, I just wanted to play the game. Yep, so... I'll often do that. It's fun when you're playing against newer players, but when you're playing against people that know how to play the game, sometimes it's terrible. If, if you give them an advantage, they'll <laughs> yes. use the advantage, and then they'll kind of win. Yeah. So when I stop blocking the camera here, off on the left-hand side yeah, of the board, there's, there. there's kind of a little fire base near the bottom left-hand side of where you can see that I put the Unidrons with their nice long-range weapons, so it forced people to come into their sights. And that could have been my fire base if it, I was smarter and decided to take that deployment zone. It could have. And, and that's, this was key later on in the game, as I think Alan will describe, because yeah. he goes first. And The other advantage, actually, in missions where you've got to control areas in Infinity is that you, in a lot of games that are based around killing, you want to go first, get the jump on your opponent, mm. kill the crap out of them. 
But in this game, where it's more based around controlling zones, yeah. there's more of a balance towards wanting to go second, because then you'll have seen your opponent who goes first move into the zones. And you know exactly how many points he has in the zones, and you can just move a guy into that zone that's worth more points, and you will score that zone. Yeah, because the scoring happens at the end of the second player's turn mm -hmm. in every mission. And what's great about Infinity is because there's so much terrain, like you're supposed to play with a lot of terrain. What that means is a lot of it is maneuvering around so you don't actually get shot. Yeah, you're trying to maneuver to good firing lanes, you're trying to maneuver to good firing ranges. A lot of winning is just moving to a place where you where while they can't see you and shoot you. Yep. Which is very different than other things. And and I guess the reason why is these two two different things with in Infinity is uh the order system and the arrow system. How this works with terrain. Yeah, so in a lot of games, with how you like how each individual unit moves, say in War Machine, say in 40k, maybe Malfoy as well. That most games. Yep, most war games have like for every turn you have, one guy gets one activation to usually move and then shoot. Infinity's quite a bit different with since it's got basically your order pools, which amount to up to 10 people in each group and as we said before you take maybe 10 to 20 people so you might have two order pools but any one guy can have the entire pool spent on activating them over and over yeah so instead you of uh you get a number of orders uh at, for how many guys you have and instead of having to spend like have each guy move individually uh, let's say you have 10 orders because you have 10 guys you can spend those 10 orders on one guy so one guy can move 10 times as opposed to each guy moving once. And that's a huge difference. And it's super powerful. And one of the, my favorite things about it is you can flank the enemy, which hardly ever happens in other games unless you have special units. Yeah, and like War Machine in 40k, you see your opponent's army on the other side of the board. You know they're just going to kind of come straight at you. You've got yeah, your steam opponent. Steamroller, basically. It's like... Two people trying to run up and headbutt each other. Exactly. Like two, <laughs> two deer trying to just headbutt each other on the board is what the games often look like. Yeah. Because so. you just don't have the ability to move around the guys. Yep. Or infinity is very different because you're allowed to spend multiple orders. If you have five guys holding the fort in your deployment zone, you can spend two orders on other guys and kind of move around the, uh, the side of the table and flank guys and shoot them in the back, which is really... It's so fun. It's so awesome. Yeah, so with playing a lot of other games, like you see your opponent's army on the side of the board, there's a definite limitation to how many different things they can do. There's a limitation to how many different things you can do. So often, like in a game, we played a lot of War Machine before, just mm -hmm. as a background. You would sort of see how the game was going to go within the first five minutes, and then you would sit there for another 45, actually just playing the whole rock, paper, scissors out. <laughs> Sometimes. Which, uh, well, there's a lot of, of thinking and, and knowledge about knowing what each of the sides do a lot in War Machine, right? Because yeah. a lot of it was memorization and combos and stuff like that. So there was definitely a lot of thinking that's happening in the game. But if you have that all set up in your mind and there's like overarching powerful combos, you're right that oftentimes it's just like, let's see if like it's you. You already know seventy thirty kind of thing. Who's gonna win? And and let's just see if the dice happen. <laughs> yeah. So in Infinity, though, like. The difference is also that there's the ARO system. So yeah, so the order system seems like it would be super powerful because literally I could bring one guy up and this is what I'm going to try and do. Is I have a guy who advanced deploys he's up coming the table. Up, he's coming up the bottom side of the board. And literally side. what I want to do is go around and and uh, 
use that my 10 orders on that one guy and sweep his entire board because that guy's got like a powerful weapon he's got high armor exactly he's... and if i can spend 10 orders like in a normal game you just shoot 10 times and kill all of the guy's opponents but how do they balance that out in infinity right is that there's an arrow system so every single time you move a guy on your your turn uh everybody that sees them gets to make a reaction of some form and they can possibly kill your guy because they're basically firing back at you so it's like a lot of games have overwatch mm -hmm. it's basically everyone whenever you move has a limited overwatch ability so you so you'll see when on the first turn uh i think we're still deploying and we're just talking about who our guys are but you'll see when i try to move um like that, that one guy next to the white like closest to us next to the white uh wide uh, box when he starts moving you'll see what happens when he moves up there oh that there oh, he is that's oh, the he's, guy he's going for it yeah he's gonna go for it this is the first order of the game he's coming and basically what i want so he's a hidden marker actually so brandon didn't actually know what he was uh, i used to mini just because i was like well i'm going first i already <laughs> he's already deployed he knows what's gonna there's happen there's a couple things this can be so in infinity like you don't have to learn tons and tons of special abilities but you can sort you of have a learn core. There's a core of things to learn and for like weapons. The game is, that. to be fair, complicated. There's a lot of things. Like basically any kind of thing that you imagine you can do in a war game, you can do. Like climbing up buildings. Like you have, if you have grenades, throwing the grenades over over the over wall. the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you have a hidden guy that can kind of sneak around, and all that kind of stuff is there. Yep. So being sort of a cyberpunkish game, there's also a big hacking element to it, which adds a whole other layer to the shooting, which makes it kind of makes it quite fun it's kind of like basically a version of magic going on if you if you played lots of other games there's basically magic in this and it's called hacking yeah well that's that's a sci-fi trope really mm -hmm. when you think about it yeah which is why sci-fi is great okay so i think it has everything so are we past the point where you've you've made your big rush no i haven't no wait right. have i who knows <laughs> no that doesn't make sense Oh no no no! This is Shaolin. We just started. We started the. So I have to move the Shaolin first before I can attack you. So Shaolin are like. Uh, There's a rule called impetuous, which is sort yeah. of a phase that happens before each one of your turns. And yeah, they don't listen to you, and they just rush you, rush the opponent. So yeah. they have to move directly towards the opponent and fight fight them. But to balance that, excuse me, to balance that out, they're really cheap. And again. Unlike other games where just free movement is, is awesome, if you free move into the opponent's uh, uh, line of sight, they can just shoot your guy and kill them before they, they do anything. Yep, so having and that's a, free. So having a free move sounds good in most games, but in this game... It can you get you killed. You actually have to pay your real orders to not do this thing. Yeah. Because your, your opponent knows what these things are. They know they're going to move out in the open, so often you'll try and watch these guys mm -hmm. to get the free shots on them. So, for other things about how to, I guess, possibly get new people into this game, maybe for having them, like, choose an army. Wait, I want oh. to see if I can move, <laughs> move my guy. Sorry, it's soup. This It's the, the very first order. Oh, here, here it is. So I'm making a coordinated order. Oh, there it is. He's going to shoot. So, so I revealed that it's my best, second best guy in, the, in my army. He's a heavy infantry with a super high weapon. Yep. So he's, he's gone after one of my guys at, with a missile launcher. Not quite in the best range for my guy, but it's okay because there's but so many I'm bonuses. Way advanced because I have like camo, I'm hard to hit, and I'm heavy, and I have really high ballistic skills, so I can kill that guy. And I'm rolling. 
And I'm pointing and to my dice and it's beautiful, beautiful result as a crit. It's a crit. So a crit means that no matter what you roll, so what's really deadly about New Arrow is that if you crit the opponent, uh, you cancel out all of their hits. And they get no armor save. And they get no armor save and take a hit. And he just crit me with a missile launcher, which does two extra rolls on top of that. Yep. And my guy died. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, very first order of the game, official order of the game, uh, my my best unit died, which was terrible. But I still had other guys. It was like 50 points, so I, I basically lost like one-sixth of my army right there on a unlucky uh, crit. Before I've even started attacking. Yes. So that's why you have to be very, very smart on how you're going to attack. So unlike other games where you just can like ignore kind of what your opponent does when you're moving, here, movement, uh, line of sight really matters. Because you can just get killed on your turn when you're trying to do something if you're not careful. Yeah. So you want to make sort of a balance between how many guys are actually watching out for mm-hmm. the guys that are trying to ramble at you and for how many guys you're just trying to hide them because you want to save them for later. Exactly. And 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 I could have seen, like, I maybe I shouldn't have attacked you there because I was attacking with my most powerful thing against the guy that could kill him in one hit. Like, not most people can't kill him in one hit. Mm-hmm. Although that, that guy had a decent chance if he won. He, he could have uh, killed my guy. At the same time, my odds of beating him were so much higher. And so if like, I killed that guy, I would literally have swept that flank. Like, I would, would have killed, like, five guys there and kept on going. Yep, and then you would have another whole bunch of guys to go. You would control that whole chunk of the board. Yeah. So it was a reasoned risk. Uh, it just didn't work out. And, and here I'm moving my second mistake. So like we talked about, the mission is controlling a zone. So I moved up. Uh, my mm-hmm. other super powerful guy, 60 points, so even, like, 60 points? Oh, sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. So, so 30% of my army, um, but I had to move him a little bit too close because I, I was afraid he wasn't in the zone. Later on, I realized that I should have known considering he started in my zone. <laughs> I should have known what should be outside of the zone. If he moved a little bit, he should be out of the zone, but I was stupid and moved him too far up. And you... The guy, yeah. uh, no one could see him there, but you'll see what happens later on. We're moving just like two inches up, basically got him killed. Because you need, you often, if you want to react, you definitely want to have your guys in cover. Yes. And I put so. him in suppressive fire, which I thought would be enough, mm-hmm. but I had to move him up a little bit because I was afraid he was uh, not in the zone, which I, I knew it was risky, but now you'll see. Uh, so hidden guys. So right there, I've just brought on the Fractor, which is one of the airborne deploy troops because. I've now come to fix the problem since nothing else is close by, but because you can yeah. drop from the air, I've now come nice and close by. The Fractus got nice weapons for close-up fighting. Yeah, and it's, basically if I was a little bit further away, I could have been both in cover with suppressive fire, which is super strong with a heavy. And in the crappy range band for me trying to shoot with the boarding shotgun that the Fractus armed with. Yeah, but instead I was not in cover. <laughs> nope. And out in the open and right in, in good range band for, for him, so he... Did I get more criticals here, or did it just go really well for me? Uh, I think you crit me once. Yep. And then you, you just it just went well for you for the second wound. Yes, I think I got two dice roll. Two dice that beat yours on the next one, and then eventually another 60-point guy went down yeah. quickly. Well, this was at least your turn, so he didn't die on my turn. <laughs> no. <laughs> After the first one, I was like, ah. Uh, and so so here, here it is. I've lost, like, one-third of my army with those two guys, which is... In some ways, it's actually really cool to be able to pay, um, to have two guys be one third of your army. 
because this is a skirmish game, right? You only have 10 to 15, uh, 10 to 20 guys because you're playing like a spec ops team. So you don't need that many models to play the game. No, if you have one really powerful guy, it can accomplish a lot on its own because it has the power of eight other guys. If you're smart about it. Yes. Or lucky. Yeah. Absolutely. So my powerful guys in this one, though, are more based on their, their hidden aspects. Yeah. It's how I like playing Onyx. I mean, I wouldn't play every army like this, but certain mm -hmm. sectorials lend themselves really, really well to your opponent not really seeing where your powerful pieces are. They might be more fragile fragile individually, mm -hmm. but say for the case of the Malignos, they've got T.O. Camo, which gives major negative mods to so be you, hit. You're not even seeing them on the table right now. Nope. Your opponent has no idea where they are, so you bring like you bring them out at the precise moment they're going to do the most damage to your opponent. I hope that didn't wasn't a weird thing. All right. Oh well. We're we're trying new software this time. Yeah, because the last one was terrible. It was great and also non-existent terrible. <laughs> it seemed great. It looked great, but uh it was terrible at recording. Uh yeah, so so do we want to talk a bit about how, like, to get... Like, if you're already into Infinity, how do you usually get well, other people into Infinity? Have we talked enough about what actually makes Infinity cool? Like, we have talked about a whole bunch of things, mm -hmm. but, like, when you got into Infinity, why did why did you get into Infinity in the first place? It was probably the look of the game, honestly. Yeah, like definitely you, for me, too. When you just see it and you see how beautiful the models are, it's not hard to be sold on it. Because there's, there's kind of a look there for anything anyone wants. If they want to play like the army look, they go for yeah, that. Yeah, For a sci-fi futuristic game, it, it looks great. Now, it's not it's not apocalyptic. That's one of the things. It, it's more like, you think about it, like post-human kind of world, right? Mm -hmm. So it's if you want super grim, dark, apocalyptic, whatever, there's, there's lots of games out there. Yes, That'd but this is the, the shiny neon version of the future. Exactly, right? And you're you're not playing um, the army trying to steamroll another army where you're, where the goal of your side is to commit genocide on the other player. You're playing a special, like a spec ops team, trying to do a specific mission, which makes everything make so much more sense, right? Which is also really good, because you don't need 50 guys, and you don't yes, need to paint exactly. squads of 10. You paint 10 guys, now you have an army. Exactly, and it makes sense in the actual game. And you think about it in the future, really? Is going to be a full-on combat? Shouldn't it all be, like, airplanes? Shouldn't it just be drone-on-drone drone yeah, combat? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it should be, like, a whole bunch of, I don't know, laser beams coming out from the sky from, from space weapons. Like, that should be the normal way that people fight. But if you're doing spec ops, now it makes t more sense that you have a 10-man or 20-man or team that's trying to do one specific mission. Yeah, so another really good part of the game is that you buy one new guy, maybe it's only worth like 20, 30 points, but that's like almost 10% of your army right yeah. there, which is a big change in how the army can play. So if you you want to change your army from one week to the other, you don't have to go buy giant chunks yeah. of guys. You pay and like, if you want to play it painted, which we always do, it's actually doable. Because you, you paint one guy, you put him on the table, and if you put a 60-point guy, like the guy that... That he <laughs> that Brandon killed, or either of those guys, uh, that's a huge change to your army, right? That's like, what, thirty percent of your army, possibly? Yeah, there's guys that can be worth thirty your army, and they're good. Yeah, they're putting a lot of eggs in one basket, but they can but, they can be good in certain situations. Yeah, it didn't work out for me in this game, but it has many other times. Like for example, if you had not crit my guy with the with the 
that my guy with the Spitfire at the very first turn of the game, that would have went well for me. Oh, it would have. Well, yeah. unless you crit me later on. <laughs> but I did kill the guy that was one of the guys that was the most dangerous. And if I killed him, all of your other guys would half in firepower. They, more than half. More than half. Like, they'd be one-third as good at killing my guy or something like that. Something. Or no, even less than that. They have. They would end up with fewer shots because they're part of a team. They'd have fewer shots and, and, yeah, and worse ballistic skill too. Yes. So that would have been amazing, but it didn't work out. So, yeah. Now, I'm not totally out of the game, though, because, like we said, this is a mission-based game. I will end up getting out of the game later on, but, but, but uh, I, had, I wasn't yet out. I was like, oh, if I, can, if I can capitalize, get a little bit lucky. For example, right here, you were cheering because... Uh, did you, were you cheering? Did, did you just crit someone? Or were you just cheering because it was... <laughs> no, I think I killed something over oh, there. Yeah. Not something terribly valuable. Yeah, so but... so this time you were really lucky on your crits. I don't think I crit even one time, and you crit like five or six times. Usually it's like three and three and three kind of thing. Over the course of a normal over game. Over no the course of a normal game. And it makes it so exciting because every one of your guys in general, more, most guys have one wound. So even though you have ten guys, everyone has only one wound. And so... Uh, if one dice goes through, yeah, and you got lucky on that one dice, it makes a big swing in the game. Yes, so it keeps you on your toes, right? You have to be very careful, and that's why it's important also to have lots of terrain. And that's honestly one of the things that makes the game so much better than a lot of other games, is that terrain really, really matters. This is like... It matters the most in any of the games I play. Out of any of the big war games. Yeah, and there's, you know, some, some games definitely terrain matters. And like, even in War Machine, terrain matters. But uh, there isn't that much. There is not that much, right? This one, everything revolves around terrain because getting cover. Oh, he just crit me, and he's running around because <laughs> <laughs> it was like, all right, I got it. If if this just works, then then I'm I'm back in the game. But he crit me instead of me critting him, and I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, I think I lost now. <laughs> <laughs> this may have been the, this may be the turning point in the game. Yes. I was like, come on, if I just if if things turn around, but like we already talked about. It's not going to turn around. I just got crit, and I'm like, oh, this is the end. Yes, which is why. Oh, yeah, because it's a Shaolin monk. I engaged you, and I'm like, all right, I crit you because Shaolin's in, in close combat. They're really good in close combat, and the only, they're, they're likely to crit the opponent, which is just a free damage, and then Brandon just... Crit and return. Crit and return, and, and that's the way how you cancel it out. So you do cancel out two crits, and basically that meant I couldn't kill that Fracta, and it was kind of over. I didn't have enough orders to kill him. And then I managed to control the zone because the frack is worth quite a bit. Yep. And, and would not go away. And I failed to basically kill him uh, this this round. And, and and this was a mistake in my part because I did have a better way to kill him. Uh, but I wanted to punch him in close combat because it's fun. That is one of the fun <laughs> things about Infinity. You're forced to go. You're forced to go back and reconsider all the decisions you made because there's yeah, so many. Like, where did everything go wrong? A lot so of it is. Yeah, there's so many paths you could take. Like literally, physically through the board, you guys mm -hmm. could take different paths. Yep. And and so I did have a guy just like uh, Brandon had the drop guy, uh, which is uh, Tiger Soldier, who's awesome. And I should have used him to kill Brandon's drop guy, but I did not. Instead, I tried to punch him in the face and. I just punching in the face, even though it's more likely to, to, to hit the guy, that Fracta has two wounds, right? So he's one of the tougher guys in the game. So it's going to take so a I, while to go yeah. down. And it's got a bit of armor on it. 
Yeah, so I should have just tried to shoot him to death. So that so Infinity is, you know, it's a future game. You can punch people, but it's mostly shooting, right? The punching's mostly just like grappling with each other, you might argue. It's to slow a guy down mostly, and in general that's what when you want to do the the engaging, right? Yeah, you want to waste your opponent's time often. Yep. It's not the greatest way of killing in this game. Sometimes it is. <laughs> Depending oh. on who who you're fighting, right? Yes. But in general you want to shoot uh, it's more deadly. Yeah, I guess and one of the ways to get into combat is by using smoke, which most most things cannot see through the smoke. Mm-hmm. And it also makes for a really good way to move up the board, so it's just another level of tactical considerations you need to think of if yep. you bring it. But luckily, and like we said, movement is so important, so being able to eliminate the guy from shooting you while you're moving, even though you can't shoot him, mm-hmm. right, because no one can see through the smoke, it's a huge advantage. You now can just create paths that didn't exist before. Yeah. They may have really good weapons watching you, and your guy has just a little little tiny rifle, but if he runs past the missile launcher, then up close to a bunch of other guys, just go kill them instead. Mm-hmm. Avoid getting killed. Yep. And even one guy in ARO can be dangerous, because let's say you do bring the super tough guys like I did, and you fight just the lowest of the low grunt. Your, you roll there a certain th- number of dice, usually three or four dice, and they roll one dice, right? And usually your chances of uh, beating them so basically what we, we didn't even say this uh, when you do a face-to-face when you roll your dice and they're higher than the opponent's dice uh, you cancel all the lower ones right um, unless they crit and a crit is basically as long as you can succeed on your roll of d20 if you roll that number you need to succeed that's a crit and that automatically cancels out all the opponent's dice and they automatically take a wound so there's a small chance you win in almost any circumstance exactly so you have basically a one in five chance, a one in twenty chance, uh, of the the toughest guy to the weakest guy, the you have a one in twenty chance of critting him and just doing one damage. Which oftentimes when you have really powerful uh, one moon guys, which you did have, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it didn't work out for me. I believe I never my, crit this game, but I think everything in my army there except for the Fracta is a one moon model. Yeah, that's right. So just is my preferred way to play because you want to have a certain number of orders I like having you want to have a bit of redundancy in your army so you can win in more situations Mm -hmm. but having one big cool thing also looks really cool well or just the heavy infantry guys I think they're my favorite in terms of how they look they're they're definitely they they just look so awesome they look so much cooler than uh, let's say like 40k space marines and stuff they have that kind of futuristic armor and everything it just, I don't know, they look, look great. That's actually what sold me on the game. Two, two things. The light infantry and the heavy infantry, which is most of the Which is guy, most of it. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yes. <laughs> and the robots are really cool looking too. It gives you a bit of everything really to work yeah. with. And I remember when, when I was getting into the game, um, uh, it was the look, right? So I had actually looked at Infinity uh, a long time ago, I think t- in 2010. Back in their second edition? Back during their second edition. But they basically, uh, there was two things, like they, they're constantly improving. And one of our friends basically bought this new box and they're like, oh, we should try out this game, right? Because they had just released their edition. And I'm like, oh, I remember Infinity, the models were not that great, so I wasn't that interested because we're both very into models. Like we've played infin- uh, miniature games since we were like 12. Yeah, so it's been more than it's, a decade. Exactly. So um, when I looked at it, 
the first time I was not interested at all because the models didn't impress me. And then three years later, I'm like, wow, what what the heck happened? These models are some of the best models we've ever seen. And it's, I, I literally don't know what happened. I guess they just got better sculptors or maybe the sculptors just trained up or something. It wasn't even fully all 3D sculpt. It's not like they changed the entire medium. They just, I guess they started caring more, right? And they got a bunch of people that were really good at sculpting and that just skyrocketed their quality. So when we looked at the models, I was like, wait, these are the same models? Like, and then the crazy thing is that the models had changed enough that I decided to buy a little force, right? And the models since then have just gotten better. That's the crazy thing to me. Like they're constantly upping their, their sculpt quality. And to me, they're like, in terms of miniatures games, they're the highest quali average quality of the game. Yep, so they only use metal models, which a lot of games are plastic, which makes mm -hmm. them nice to transport. They're nice and lightweight. Mm -hmm. But when you get used to the, the quality on the metal, like the crisp edges that let you mm -hmm. highlight the deeper deeper recesses to yeah. do washes on them you really just enjoy painting them a lot and when you go back to painting other plastic things like even Malifaux has really characterful models mm -hmm. but painting them is a bit more of a chore because you've got to put you yeah. just have to put more effort into it the to make up for the details are much more shallow in the yes. plastic right so they can't do do like small recesses and things as well and um yeah and basically for infinity when i look at the models uh they're these days they're really consistent and the worst models in infinity in my opinion obviously it's all opinion right subjective it's not all opinion <laughs> but, mm. but there's a lot of opinion people can uh, agree yeah um the worst models are are equivalent to like the nice models of another range and then the nice models like every every range has some really nice models right but the nice models of Infinity, there's so many that come out every every month, basically. Yeah, they have some sculptors like Javier Uria. I, I don't think I'm pronouncing yeah, a lot the of Spanish them are, guy's name are, right, but they'll work for a lot of manufacturers and just produce hit after hit. Yeah, and so you'll so I'll I look and I'll be like, oh man, uh, War Machine. I felt like their their model quality has dropped recently, and then I'll see, oh man, this new sculpt looks awesome, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's. That's they do stuff for Infinity and the yeah, other games exactly. I, I like the look of. It's just yes. like these all-star um, miniature uh, modelers, right? And every once in a while, they'll work for these other other companies and cre uh, create hits. But the thing with Infinity is they they have a very high bar, so they don't hire people in general that are not up to their standard, and their standard is very high. Yes. So in terms of getting new people into the game, like a lot of them will walk by if you're at a game store and see you playing Infinity, and it's really the models that, that draw them to the game, I would say. That yeah, was, and the terrain. Don't... And yes. the terrain, because most games, like we were saying, has no terrain on the table, right? It looks like an empty battlefield. Like in War Machine, you have two pieces of felt, and they're forests, and they factor really into the game, but at the same time, it just Anyone watching good. it has no idea what they're looking at. Exactly, it just doesn't look good. And even, I don't know, 40k, I think Hogtown is actually great. Like, we go and play at uh, the Sword and Board in Toronto, and there's a really good group of 40k players, and they're great partially because they have so much terrain, and they play with a lot of it, but when you look at a lot of other people that play 40k, there's just not enough terrain on their on their tables. No, right? Games Workshop will sell it to you, but regular budgets mean you have very little terrain. Yes, exactly. Whereas, I guess because it's so integral into the game, whenever you see 40, uh, not 40, Infinity, they're filled with terrain. And they make it easy, actually, even when you start, 
Uh, they have uh, simple paper terrain that you can use, and it looks okay, right? It's not as nice as this this table that we have here that's like fully modeled and painted by Brandon, but it looks decent enough, and it shows you that you need a lot of terrain. Yes, it's hard to say how much coverage you'd want, but you'd want maybe nine small buildings. Yeah, on and a four by then, four. then maybe 20 smaller pieces, kind of like the size of the crates you see. So there's quite a lot of stuff. And then you can, if you want to get really detailed, you go all the way down to like having crates and other small scatter terrain on the board. Because even one yeah. little piece of like one park bench a guy hiding behind can just swing the whole course of a game. Yeah. So the other thing about getting new players into it. If people are asking about how to like start an army, what's usually the first thing you'd suggest to them? Uh, the awesome starter boxes, uh, Ice Storm and Red Veil. What, just for the price or because they look good? Uh, for everything. So that's literally how we got into the game, right? Our, our friend bought one of these, uh, the Ice Storm box. It comes with two seven-man armies. So it's not a full army, right? Usually you need ten guys for a full army. But it's enough to to get you into the game. It's a starting force and then you can pick up some small things. Or actually recently they released uh, an expansion pack that gives you the full 10-man armies for both of the sides in Ice Storm and Red Veil. So the Beyond Ice Storm and the Beyond Red Veil boxes. Exactly. Exactly. So so it's like they 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 understand Infinity, right? They need to get more people into the game. And so they created these two two boxes. Both of them are are two-player starter boxes, right? So you can get it and you get a friend into the game with awesome minis. And they also have an expansion one, uh, expansion box that allows you to uh, bring those two armies up to the full 300-point game. And you instantly have a decent army to go and start playing. Yes. Like a full game, which I think a lot of other games for some reason don't have that. It takes a long time to get anything resembling an army. Yeah, it exactly. takes a lot and of money it's only 10 and a models. Yes. Right? Like the... the I really hate the fact that I'm, I'm actually assembling a 40k orc army right now, and 10 models is not even a squad for me. No. Nope. And that's like, what is it, like 60 points or something, right? And I need like 1,750 points, and I'm like, oh my god, orcs for days, right? And and even if you're playing a space marine, right? Like 10, 10 guys, a space marine army, 10 guys is one squad. And just transporting your armies around two and 40K, and even War Machine, you oh, need- so brutal. You, you need like a shopping cart full of your guys <laughs> exactly. to shop at the game store with. And then the other annoying thing is, because you're painting so many models, most people feel like they have to batch paint it. Because if you want to play with painted models, that's what you have to do. Or you just spend three years painting your 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 one army, right? And then GW releases a codex making it no good. <laughs> exactly. So it's so much better when, when you can just pick up 10 guys, you assemble it. You can even do it as a side thing uh, while you're assembling and painting your models when you're doing this other game. And then once you're done assembling and painting those guys, try the game out. And what's great about uh, Ice Storm and Red Veil is they actually come with training missions. So they bring you out, like the first mission is, is small, I think it's like, not a, you, you take three or four guys and they kind of, through playing, I believe it's 10 missions, you basically learn how to play the game. So you play, so both Red Veil and Ice Storm has like six or seven missions that teach you the basics of the game. And then once, if you get the Beyond Red Veil and Beyond Ice Storm, they have I think three or four missions that bring you up and, and give you the details of the ARO systems and the things we're They introduce about. new rules, they go, they yeah. bring hacking in later on. I don't know if they get to hacking until the very end. No, that's okay. No. I find playing newer players, you just sort of skip, like the very beginning players mm -hmm. just skip hacking. It's just, it doesn't, 
it's a don't different even interaction. Need it actually, to put it in the game, it's definitely a fun part of the game, but it's it's outside of the core mechanics. Like a lot of times, people will play games that have no hacking at all, right? Yeah, certain armies just aren't affected by it. Either yep. they don't bring it, they're not affected by it. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of skip that for introduc- introducing new players. One thing for like new players that are considering it, I often tell them, is basically pick your army based on what you like the look of. Because every single army can sort of play to different strategies. Either say if you want to go for a lot of heavier guys, like mm-hmm. big hitters, most armies have a big hitter you can take. Yeah, a tag, a giant robot with three wounds. Yes, exactly. If you want to play with a lot more hidden stuff, it's most armies can do that. Some do it better than others. But mm-hmm. really, if you're going to paint a really, really good looking force, you want to buy the guys you think look the coolest. Like, yeah, of course. Pl- so well, I guess maybe that's not of course because when I played War Machine, I would, I, I originally chose an army because I, I liked how it looked, but I started picking guys specifically for how good they were for my army, and that, looking back on it, that was kind of sad. Well, <laughs> I painted so many guys just, that were just because they were good in the game. I don't really care about Winter Guard, but I had a bunch of Winter Guard, which I think I've sold now. Well, I guess the beautiful thing of Infinity is you can take a few guys. Like, mm-hmm. Since all the points are online in Infinity, they have the opportunity to rebalance point costs, which they've now reached sort of more of an even equilibrium point on where they want the points to be. Yep. But it means that everything is pretty much takeable. Maybe it fills one role in your army, mm-hmm. and then you don't take more of them because you don't need to repeat that over and over. Like Maybe you, you only need so many long-range yeah, like long range true. firepower and it's actually good that they have like a free army builder and all of the rules are online for free so like they have uh, the rule book the paper rule book oh yeah that's the end but <laughs> they do have a paper rule book right but uh, you don't have to buy it to play the game no I would say that even reading it often it's better to get people to teach you the game yeah, they have a much... wiki actually that has all of the rules so you don't even have to use like an old school rule book format to learn the, the rules of the game if you're the only person that's going that you're, if you're the first person to start your community right yep, you so can the, learn from the wiki so the, the, the rule book's basically a living rule book so you don't you're not even worried that oh somebody's gonna break something and this game's gonna be ruined mm-hmm. it's, you can actually expect like if something goes really wrong mm-hmm. you can expect it to get fixed yeah and then you just go to the wiki if, if you don't remember rule you go to the wiki it's just like looking up anything else on the internet right i type in infinity wiki and then whatever the term is like spec fire and i know exactly what it does right it gives you the wiki and it gives you all the instructions to play the game which is so helpful when you're actually playing the game plus they have the army builder right yeah you don't need to show up with piles of books or piles of cards you just exactly i just bring my phone and i'm ready to go that's what very sci-fi of it that's of very the game. F- that is very futuristic <laughs> of it i think we can end there saying it's a very futuristic game it's how games will be in the future uh yeah i think and you can see it right all these other games are starting to do that like x x-wing 2.0 has the army builder um and all of i don't know we haven't seen it but they have an army builder uh 40k is trying to do that as well, right? Malifaux has one that you have to pay for, and same with the War Machine, which, you know, Infinity, that's free, which is great. So, yeah, it is definitely. Everyone's going there. It's going to be mandatory, I assume, in, like, a few years. Like, any new game, you've got to have once, one. Once the bar has been set, people have exactly. expectations. And, or some some of the people in your community will build one, right? If you are, a, I don't know, if people like your game enough. Yep. So, 
So for future podcasts, we won't just be playing Infinity. We're going to play lots of different games to sort of put our opinions out there on it yeah. in terms of the gaming sphere, what makes it good, what makes it not quite as good. Yeah, it's just Infinity is, I think, currently our favorite game out there. It's our go-to. Go to the game store, play every week with a good group of people. So. Yeah, and if, if you want to know the conclusion of that game, I got crushed at <laughs> the end. Uh, I could have, the last, even though I was destroyed like by by people on the table at the very end of the game, if I was smart about it, um, my yeah. last move of the game, I could have tried to limit the loss to be, was it 6-3 six, six, or something, or 7-4, or which is a minor win, versus what ended up happening was 8-2. Yep, so if you're playing in a tournament, which Infinity actually lends itself pretty well to, mm-hmm. having major wins versus minor wins matters. Mm-hmm. I would have, I could have possibly fought to give him a minor win. But at that point, I was like, ah, screw it. <laughs> and yep. yeah, I got killed. My dice won. Next time, I'll crit you, don't worry. Yeah, yeah that, that happens. Yeah, we've got to talk some time about like randomness and what's good about what, like, I, I know a lot of people with Infinity, they're. When they get into the game, they're like, oh, this seems so random. But a lot of it is that you just haven't under- haven't really uh, internalized the odds of the game and how it works out. And general crits will average out over games. And even in, in yeah, so, yeah, it just makes yeah, the game more exciting. Yep, it means you're not trying to math through everything. It means you just kind of try and enjoy yourself while you play the game. There's no point in overthinking certain things. There actually is. The, the, when we play longer games, the our, we we it's much closer. It's much closer, and more tactical. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, anyways. So that was our first podcast of Dice Over Everything. Yeah. This has been Alan. And this was Brandon. All right. And see you next time. Enjoy your games.